Oh my gosh. We are live. I feel like I haven't talked to you in like forever, even though it's been just a week. But yeah, it's just been a week. I mean, and, we, and we pretty much text every single day. But I think it's because it's so busy within our own personal jobs that we've just been focusing on that. But we've just yes. had a splash of like, here's something, here's something, here's something. And that's it. Yeah, you know, I started a new job, mm-hmm. um, so I think I'm in, like, week three now, maybe going into week four, but um, there are two other ladies that sit at the front desk with me, and they were asking, you know, what do you like to do, and I was like, well, I started a podcast with my friend, and they're like, oh my god, what do you guys talk about, and I was like, oh, um, well, I'm really into horror, so we talk about, you know, everything horror, I gave them the full spiel, and they were like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. And then one of the ladies was like, I don't do like watch horror movies, but I read horror books. So that was kind of funny to me because I feel like when you read horror, you get way more in depth because you kind of visualize yourself in that world. It's very more like it's more immersive to me. Mm-hmm. But the other girl was like, oh, didn't the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie just come out? And so we were kind of talking about that. But um yeah, they seemed kind of into it, and both of them were like, I want to listen, and I was just like, oh, Lord, they're about to learn so much about me, (laughs) because we don't really talk, like, it's an office job, so, like, you know, we're not talking all the time, and I'm just like, oh, Christ, oh, (laughs) they're about to see a whole different side of me. Yeah, I, I feel you with that, like, I text you this, but the other day in our morning huddle, my manager 59 year old ex-military guy um posted a link to our podcast in our team's chat and then we started the morning huddle and he's like i don't normally start off like this but let's get victoria marsh viral and i was a little bit embarrassed at first i was like oh my god put a spotlight on me but then i i had just clicked in my head i was like why am I embarrassed? I'm putting myself out into the world already in this kind of yeah, environment. Dude. So I shouldn't be embarrassed. And then he was saying really nice stuff about me because this isn't something that I would have done a year or so ago, even though we've been planning this for a year. I have mm-hmm. definitely evolved like a Pokemon. <laughs> I have <laughs> turned into my final stage. I'm a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> Yeah, well, I kind of mentioned it before, um, but today's episode, we're going to be talking about reboots. But before we get into that, I'm not going to allow us to fall into this toxic trait hole. Um, In case you didn't know, if you haven't listened to the other episodes, my name is Meg, um, and my (laughs) co-host... I'm V, and we managed to remember this time to introduce ourselves within the first (laughs) few minutes of the episode. It's only because just before we hit record, I wrote myself a sticky note that said, intro yourself, you stupid hoe, Um, because I would have forgotten. Um, But yeah, I mentioned earlier that my coworker had brought up Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the reboot, um, which I know that V has a bunch of feelings about, um, and that kind of just blossomed into today's episode, where we are going to be talking about reboots. They are so mm-hmm. popular right now, so obviously we wanted to do um, an episode where we talk about some of the reboots that both V and I have seen. 
Oh my god, I do apologise. That is not sexy. I'm um, keeping that in. I'm not <laughs> editing that out. <laughs> um, yeah, we... I think we both have feelings about reboots. Um, and it does feel like a lot of modern horror movies have been reboots. Especially in the last decade or so that oh god it feel, yeah it feels like movie studios have just not had an original idea since 1996 and i say 1996 because that's the year i was born <laughs> <laughs> no yeah i definitely feel like so many popular franchises have been rebooted as of late mm. um and you know when i was a teenager i just didn't really understand the concept of reboots, but now obviously as I've gotten older, it's to introduce the newer audience to an already beloved storyline, but a lot of the times, the way that I feel about it, it's just totally unnecessary. Mm. Like, I don't feel like we need to change or adapt all these popular movies and franchises. They're popular for a reason. Just leave them alone. Leave Britney alone. (laughs) I just... Most of the time I don't understand, but I do appreciate when somebody takes a concept and makes it their own and puts their own creative twist on it. Um, It doesn't just do the same old shit um, that we've already seen. Yeah, 100%. It's like such a love-hate relationship with reboots. Um, Mm -hmm. I can remember, I don't know how old I was, but I remember seeing a film that was getting a reboot. I cannot remember for it, but I have this vivid feeling in my body where I was like this doesn't need a reboot why are you rebooting it the original one was perfectly enough why can't you just maybe re-enhance like you know the visuals or stuff like that not do like a George Lucas with like when he re-released the Star Wars movies and started adding CGI fucking creatures just walking across the screen not like that (laughs) But, you know, recolorizing it and making it look like it was produced in the modern day in a way, instead of just recasting, rewriting a perfectly good story. Some of them, they were good reboots. They were, they were. We will talk about it. But a lot maybe should have just been left on the drawing board. Or not even been... I can't get my words out. (laughs) No, I can't even say the They should have just scrapped it. Yeah. Is that how you felt about the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre V? Oh, my God. I was really excited for it. I was so excited for it. You know how excited I was for it. Because I yeah. really enjoyed the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I think the character of Leatherface could be amazing if he was given the right kind of story. And this one was not it. It was not it. It tried to be too woke. It had too many references (laughs) that just didn't... It didn't feel natural to the characters saying. It just felt like they added it into the scripts to make it more, quote-unquote, modernised. When teenagers don't speak like that. We may say it ironically, but we don't say it, you know, like we mean it with our chest, you know. 
Yeah, I have not seen the remake or the reboot of Texas Chainsaw. Um, I actually just watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre for the first time, like, probably three years ago. Um, As I think I've stated before, cannibals and feral people really shake me to my core. Um, So it just was never something that was on my radar to watch, but I was like, you know, it's a classic. I gotta watch it. I watched it and I just, it just didn't do it for me. I, I don't know. So watching the reboot of Texas Chainsaw Massacre was not really on my list, but V had such strong feelings about it that I was like, you want to know what? Now or never, let's do a reboot episode. And something that I'm super excited about with this podcast as we continue to grow and grow our audience, I would love, love, love um, to play games and do trivia. So this is going to be our first ever game on Horror Hunts. We are going to do a reboot roulette. So me and V have created a list of some reboots that we have seen. Put them on a wheel. We are going to spin, give our opinions on them, and it is going to be reboot roulette bop or flop edition. So V and myself will let you know our feelings on these reboots and if they are a bop or if they're a flop. Yeah, and we will kind of give an explanation as to why we think these things. Obviously, these are personal opinions. So (laughs) if you don't agree with what we say, it's perfectly fine. I don't care. This is how I feel, and I've got very strong feelings towards some of these films on this list. Oh yeah, same <laughs> I. And if you agree or disagree with me or V, please join the conversation on our Twitter at Horror Hunts Pod or our Instagram at Horror Hunts Podcast. We would absolutely love to hear what you guys think about the reboots that we're going to be talking about today. So mm. without further ado, V, are you ready to get into our game today? Hell yeah. So I have got Um, wheel of names up and I'm going to click spin and it's going to bring up a name and it may even do like a little cheer or stuff so (laughs) you'll know when I've when I've got a name (laughs) so okay are you ready I am ready spin that wheel (laughs) (laughs) I hope it doesn't take too long to spin oh 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 baby we're starting off with a good one. We are starting off with the Evil Dead. Oh, coincidentally enough, it's my first... I, I normally make notes for these podcasts. I don't write a script or anything, but I just talk about some things that I want to talk about. And Evil Dead was the first one on my list because hey. I know you really enjoy this reboot, don't you? I I do. There are some elements that I don't enjoy, but overall, I think it was a really good retelling of the first Evil Dead movie. Because obviously the Evil Dead movies are campy, so it kind of went in a more serious route. But I did enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I did enjoy the serious route. So for me, the reboot for Evil Dead is a bop. For me. Bop, bop, bop. You know that I love, love, love the OG Evil Dead. So I was like kind of iffy on this whole concept. I watched this reboot um, back when it came out in 2013. Tried to have an unbiased mind. And I just rewatched it recently. And I feel like my opinion kind of had changed. Mm-hmm. I love the original Evil Dead because it's so campy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this reboot almost takes itself a little too seriously at times. Um, 
But I do like the darker approach of it. The story of Evil Dead is absolutely bonkers, yes. Um, and it has the potential to be gnarly, and that's what this reboot gives us. Oh, yeah. And it, it was a big risk for them to do this reboot, I think, because Bruce Campbell wasn't brought back for it. I know. Ash yeah. wasn't a character in it. Obviously, we at the end, you get a little cameo, like a little voice cameo <laughs> from, Ru- from Brucey Baby. Um, but... I, with that being said, I really enjoyed it. Like, they really amped up the gore level, and are you kidding me? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I the visual of it's the main girl, isn't it? She gets locked in the basement, Mia. and her with the split tongue and the crazed, like demonic look on her face between the cellar door and her. That visual is so good. It is outstanding. Yeah, okay, could have been better, but we're not. The first evil, the original Evil Dead, wasn't even perfect itself. So you know, can we really (laughs) judge it (laughs) considering it's source material? Well, yeah, I think that taking Mia and making her a drug addict going through withdrawal just, like, completely raises the stakes here. Mm -hmm. But I do like her final act scene, and I love that they included that chainsaw. I was so happy when she chose that. I was like, yes, Mm -hmm. girl, and the raining blood. Like, they gave us a super cool character in Mia. Was she as cool as Ash? I don't think so. I enjoyed her and the actress Jane Levy. She, man, can she act. Um, one note that I have on there is I, there was one scene in it that I was just kind of like scratching my head. It was when she first, when she like ran away and became possessed when the vines penetrated her. I was like, did we need to include that? Did I mean, we need to go there? <laughs> what year was the reboot made? 2013 yeah so if you think about it uh, what was it um a year or so before cabin in the woods came out Mm. and i i feel like they may have taken a leaf out of that book from maybe the ridiculousness of cabin in the woods but yeah we didn't kind of need to see that but i'm gonna say bob question mark (laughs) a potential bob (laughs) (laughs) maybe i just felt like it took itself a little bit too seriously Mm. um and if we're gonna do evil dead i would have liked to have seen just a little bit more camp i mean i know that they're going for a whole different type of um evil dead reboot but it just felt a little too serious at times so i'm gonna give it a bop question mark because it is pretty good but there are just some things that i would like to change in it yeah well we'll see what the newest evil dead movie brings because obviously bruce campbell even though he's not gonna be in front of the screen he's gonna be behind the scenes working on it so hopefully he'll bring his campiness to it fingers crossed oh right Spinning the wheel again. Let's get a new ooh, one. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> oh, 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 another good oh, one. Fright <gasps> Night. Ooh, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, I know that you really, really like this reboot. Yeah, I. I don't know what it is about it. I think it might be because a certain actor. <coughs> 
Holy Farrell <laughs> is in it. Um, and this is one of the reboots that does its source material justice. Absolutely, I totally agree. And Anton, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his surname, who plays Charlie, the main actor, um, does a fantastic job being the leading man alongside big names like Colin Farrell, David Tennant, uh, Tony, Tony Collette, right? Yeah, such big names. And he managed to stand out with his performance. You can obviously tell I think this is an absolute bop. And um, it's really sad that Anton's life was cut short due to his tragic accident in 2016. Uh, I think yeah. he could have been like a really big star if his life continued. But it it's one of those vampire movies that I will watch over and over again. No joke. <laughs> I love the original Fright Night, and I really did have fun watching the 2011 reboot of Fright Night. I say that we should cast Christopher Mintz-Plassey in absolutely everything. Um, I will continue to call him McLovin no matter what role he's in. <laughs> but um, I kind of echo what you said about Fright Night. I very, I very much enjoyed it. Um, I didn't anticipate them to have such big actors and then be so good in this movie, but I did really, really enjoy it, and I totally agree with everything that you had to say. I give this one a bop for show. It's probably one of my favorite vampire movies. I love Fright Night. Yeah, and it's the it's the fact that it doesn't, for me, it doesn't overshadow the original. They're both equally good movies, and... Mm-hmm the 2011 fright night could even stand by itself like i don't Absolutely. i don't see it as a reboot i think it's a standalone film by itself in my mind for some reason <laughs> yes <laughs> no and that's a big thing like with reboots either you feel like they are so closely tethered to their original storyline that it's just like why are we redoing this you don't give me anything of value with this reboot or it just completely derails it. But this has a very happy medium. Um, I totally agree. I definitely think this is a bop. I enjoy it. I want to do a rewatch soon now that we've talked about it. Because mm-hmm. I watched it a few years ago. So it's not really fresh on my mind. But I do just remember that I enjoyed the ride when I did see it. Yeah. I just love that. British actors or Irish actors just take over American screens. That's all I care about, really. (laughs) So I went to a performing arts school here um, for high school, and my freshman teacher, he would always say that the Brits are coming to take American actors' jobs, and he was like, so we have to get you classically trained. (laughs) I just vividly remember that, so it's funny that you said that. Sorry, completely (laughs) off topic. but Just because our (laughs) actors train in Shakespearean doesn't mean most of them are good (laughs) Ooh, shots fired um (laughs) i spinned while we were talking just so i had it prepared and our next film we're going to talk about well reboots reboots is halloween now i still haven't watched the latest halloween like new one so Please avoid talking to me about that one. But we can talk about, you know, <laughs> when they first brought it back. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about Rob Zombie's uh, 2007 reboot of Halloween. 
Um, or not. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling that I'm about to lose part of our audience. Um, but I do not like this reboot at all. Um, I am not a huge fan of Rob Zombie's work. Victoria and I have talked about this several times. Um, I just find his work very derivative. I watched this reboot when I was in high school, and then again because I introduced Val to the Halloween franchise in 2020. I was not a fan either time. As I said last episode, Laurie Strode and the character of Laurie is one of my favorites in all of horror cinema. And I just feel like he absolutely ruined the character of Lori for me. I found her whiny and insufferable. And I wish that I would have counted the times that she said, babe, oh my God, babe. Like, I just feel like he doesn't do a great job of writing or depicting realistic female characters Um, And it just makes it really hard for me to sit through some of his movies because it's just, they're just so off base. It's like, have you ever talked to a teenage girl like ever in your life, Mr. Zombie? Like, I I, I don't know. I just have so many feelings about this reboot. (laughs) You do. You do. Uh, I only have a hand. It's not going to be a shock to anyone. I enjoy (laughs) Rob Zombie I enjoy more of his original work than I do when he's trying to take on a franchise however I think Rob Zombie would be perfect taking on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise I'm just saying Mr. Zombie call me I've got ideas Um, (laughs) but if you listen to our final girls episode you'll understand that I do not like that the Halloween franchise tried to make Laurie and Michael um, related. So anything, any of the films, reboots, anything like that, that has that storyline, I don't like, don't watch. I've watched them once, never again, out of my brain. So <laughs> I'm going to talk about <laughs> like, in the out. newest reboot um, and say that out of all the Halloween reboots, because... Hollywood has gotten into their head that it's the perfect time to just reboot all these classic horror icons. So we've just had Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We've obviously had Halloween. Um, Now that the rights with um, Jason Voorhees and Friday the 13th have been sorted out, we're most definitely going to see him return to the big screen. Um, So I think that maybe they should let some characters die however the 2018 reboot for halloween perfection oh my god it completely retcons everything that i don't like out of the halloween franchise so if we're talking about that one it's a bop the rob zombie ones a flop sorry mr zombie i love you but i ah, i can't stand them i can't i'm sorry no (laughs) Now, I will say, I did like that the Rob Zombie showed a little bit more of the backstory of Michael, like showing him more during his childhood, and I definitely feel like he got that right. So I do give him props for that, but I just feel like his remakes did 
more harm than good to the storyline. We got an absolutely annoying Lori. They tied them together by family. They ended up killing Lori at the end. That weird mom vision that you see. And it's just... It did way more harm than good to the storyline for me. And overall, it just made me think, why did we do this? Like, Mm -hmm. why did we need to take it there? There's nothing wrong with the classic. Um, So I may be like a horror elitist in that that term, but I definitely feel like the 2007 Rob Zombie reboot for Halloween is definitely a flop. Um... And I still cannot wrap my head around that you have not seen Halloween Kills yet. Um, it's because on I my do really watch list. <laughs> I think that you would even enjoy it a lot more, the 2020 reboot, because it definitely gets way more intense. The um, I know that a lot of people really didn't like that movie, and I just think that you're not having enough fun because <laughs> Those are definitely <laughs> bops. Those for are me, fine at least. words, Jesus. Well, I I love I love the character of Lori, and I love that you get to see her family and these three women be so badass. I can't really speak more about it because I don't want to ruin anything for you. But you definitely get a more intense Strode family in these newer reboots. I can't say much more, but. Yeah, I think that Rob Zombie flop new reboot for Halloween the 2020 is an absolute bop. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that we're in agreement on that one. Oh yeah, like how could I not agree? How could I not? <laughs> oh god. Oh no. Oh god. Oh no. <laughs> so what? What did you land on? <laughs> uh, Carrie. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. See, didn't they try to reboot Carrie a couple of times? I think so. This one came out in 2013. Yeah, and I think there was a, I want to say straight to DVD reboot or You sequel. know it's not that good if it's straight to DVD, <laughs> honey. Sometimes, sometimes straight to DVDs are good. However... No. <laughs> but if but if you're tied to Stephen King and you're straight to DVD, I'm like, mm. Yeah. Um, I just don't understand how this one got remade. I think the original is fine just as it was. And I definitely feel like this reboot brought nothing new to the table. No. It, I'm going to say something that some people might not like. Uh-oh. I am not a big fan of Chloe's Grace Moretz. I find her acting and her facial expressions that she pulls when she's acting uncomfortable to watch sometimes. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I enjoyed her in Kick-Ass, but anything else... To me, it feels like she's trying too hard. And I, you could definitely see that in the 2013 reboot of Carrie. Yes. It could have been good if maybe they had someone else playing Carrie. Because Chloe Grace Moretz is 
gorgeous. Like, she is beautiful. And Carrie was supposed to be, you know, the outcast. The not so glamorously beautiful. She was supposed to be average looking, you know. And I think that maybe they should have cast someone differently in the lead role as Carrie. Absolutely. I think that Chloe Grace Moretz is too pretty to play Carrie. Like, I couldn't imagine her, like you said, being the outcast or the weirdo. It just, She's just not how I pictured Carrie White. But you want to know who I think would be a good Carrie? Go on. Which, she was in a reboot that you talked about earlier. Elsie Fisher. I think that she would be such a good Carrie. She's in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and she's in Bo's 8th Grade. Yes, yes. She she is she is pretty, but she's, you know, not one of those like Hollywood actresses that is just like on all these billboards that is like the face of everything, like got glamorous skin, glamorous hair. And she Elsie can play an average person, and that's not yes. a bad thing. Like no. if you've seen um eighth grade, you'll understand what I'm saying. <laughs> you can definitely Absolutely. see yourself as that character because she plays such the character so well that you forget that it's actually a character in a way. I love her. I love her so much. We're going off on a tangent, but <laughs> she is in Castle Rock, which I think I mentioned during our Yellow Jackets episode. Um, yeah, I'm hunting Castle Rock, so you, you go, boo. You go. She plays such a good character in Castle Rock. I would really, I think, watch anything that Elsie Fisher is in. So if we're going to reboot um, Carrie again, please cast her as Carrie. I think she would be awesome. Yeah. But yeah, I, I would say that this one is a flop. It just didn't bring any new energy. It was just flat for me. It It's a massive flop for me. And comparing it to the 1976 film, mm-hmm. they, they tried to do too much with the Carrie character that didn't, I feel, didn't fit right with how we yeah. saw her portrayed in the 76 film. And also... The, the visual effects compared to the practical effects of the 76. <laughs> it, it looks so cheap. It looks so bad. And com- considering the 1976 film didn't look that cheap with its effects. Oh my God. Absolutely ridiculous. Massive flop. Massive, massive, massive flop. Are we going to disagree on any of these? I feel like we've, like, agreed on all of them. And that's why we're besties. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Oh, this just ticked over into this one. It just ticked over. Um, So the next one, and we're going to agree on this again because it is just, oh, my God, so amazing. Um, The Haunting of Hill House. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Absolutely, we definitely will agree on this one. Um, Let me just say, I didn't really know anything about um, Shirley Jackson's Haunting of Hill House until Mike Flanagan's show. It opened the floodgate. I read the book in like a day when I was on vacation, watched the original movie, watched the 99 film. Val even took me this past anniversary to see a live performance of The Haunting of Hill House. I have a Hill House tattoo. I'm 
fucking obsessed with Hill House. Thank you, Mike Flanagan. I bow to you. He is definitely one of my favorite horror directors, and I think Hill House is what kicked it all off for me. Definitely. Um, I watched um, a couple of Mike Flanagan's stuff before Haunting of Hill House. So I watched Hush and um, Gerald's Game before um, Haunting of Hill House. And I think when we discussed it, I was like, you need to watch his other work. And Mm -hmm. I think you understood why I said that, because the way he did Haunting of Hill House... It did do the source material justice completely. It's another one of those that it brought new light to it, but also had the essence of what the original story was saying. Yes. I mean, he completely... I don't know if he wrote Hill House, um, but it is. it took liberties with the story because it's absolutely not what Shirley Jackson wrote. But I liked them. I felt like it was reimagined for a more modern audience, and I really, really enjoy that they depicted the children symbolizing grief. I thought that that was so incredible, and what I really love about the 2018 Hill House is he managed to capture the sadness of the character of Nellie so perfectly that I feel like a lot of the other imaginings of Hill House weren't truly able to do. I know you're talking. I just searched up Haunting of Hill House on IMDb and I'm just looking at the top tags it has for it. Oh God, what is it? So this first one is Haunted House. The second one, Lesbian. (laughs) I will say I did thoroughly enjoy... um, Theo's character um but yeah I I just absolutely love Mike Flanagan's Hill House I love the hidden ghosts that we saw I love the emotions that you were able to capture from all the actors especially Victoria Pedretti and um Oliver Jackson Cohen who played Luke this cast was just so incredible and I feel like they definitely cast the younger and older characters so well for this it's just a chef's kiss I can't say enough good things about it um I love it so yeah so so much I mean I completely agree with you the the veterans that they had in like the older actors and then the younger actors, um, especially McKenna Grace, who plays young Theo. Oh my god, yeah. She, oh my Shout god, out McKenna she Grace. is in everything. I swear, she is in everything, but rightly so. She is so gifted as a young actress, I think. But yeah, I can't, I can't say enough good things about this show. If you have not watched it, please read please visit it. Um, Watch it. It's on Netflix. I watch this show twice in the course of a week, and I am not a rewatch girl. He did what I absolutely love people doing, is he made horror beautiful. Yeah. Hill House was visually stunning. It was amazing, and it also had scenes that really stuck with me. There's a scene in the first episode where he's gathering all the kids because they're leaving at night, And you see the mom, like, galloping down the hallway. 
it made me like it gave me a pit in my stomach. I still kind of like scurry to my room when it's dark out, like dark outside because I'm like, oh God, if this bitch is skipping behind me, she's going to catch me. But also the bent neck lady episode really, Mm. really haunted me. And like I said before, they perfectly capture Nell's sadness. And I, I absolutely give this one a bop, a hundred percent bop, 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 Yeah, I think the things, the thing that stuck with me the most out of the Hill House series is when um, Nell um, hangs herself and as she's hanging, she then goes through the past. She goes back in time and every time herself in that moment sees the bent neck lady, we come to the realisation that Nelly now has been the bedneck lady all along and I think I cried at that scene because mm-hmm. imagine being haunted by yourself and not knowing it was you this whole time being this creature that you feared it was done so beautifully and honestly watch Hush, watch Gerald's Game watch Haunting of Hill House watch Haunting of Blind Manor maybe watch Midnight Mass but that's because of maybe. certain actors, maybe. But I give Hill House an absolute bop on this. 100%. I'm glad we agree. Yet again. <laughs> I mean, it's not like we've disagreed on anything so far. Oh, we just keep getting hits after hits after hits. Why did we put so many good ones on this list? <laughs> <laughs> um, The Invisible Man is <laughs> the one mm. that's just been spun in. Um, obviously I talked about it in my final girls episode so I think I've done enough talking on the invisible man so I'm actually gonna let Meg talk about it because you probably know I think it's an absolute bop I think that it's a bop as well um I think that it was super smart and I loved a modern take like the suit was such a genius conception I really enjoyed it And it gave you a villain that you absolutely fucking despise. There is no way anyone was rooting for him. Like, you know how some people are like, oh, I love Michael Myers. Oh, I love, I love Freddy Krueger. If you tell me that you love Adrian from Invisible Man, I would be like, get the fuck out. Get out. Get out of my house right now. Because they just make you hate him so much and you truly feel... Elizabeth Moss's emotions toward him, how frightened she is, and how scary he can be, because as we talked about in the Final Girl episode, this is such a unfortunate circumstance that happens way too often in the world that we live in now. I think that it is an absolute bop, and I told V this before we started recording, my friend Margo, hey Margo, I know that you're listening, um, Margo does not like horror at all, and after listening to our final girl episode, um, I went to dinner with her, um, I think on, on Thursday, and she was like, I really want to watch Invisible Man, mainly because of how you guys talked about it on your final girl episode, and I'm like, hell yeah, I think everybody should see Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I'm not a huge fan of Elizabeth Moss, I enjoyed her as Cecilia. Absolute bop. Yeah. I think it's actually perfectly spun because obviously Oliver Jackson Cohen 
is in The Invisible Man. <laughs> and even <laughs> though we don't get to see a lot of Adrian within it, Oliver plays him so well for the amount of screen time he gets you you already know that that man is so conniving and mm-hmm. he pretends that you know he's a good guy he just wants his girlfriend back but oh, shut up Ugh. the way he carries the character in his body his body language you're like oh i could punch you in the face right now mm-hmm. but yeah, it's just an absolute bop. And he, compared to... He was... Oh, go on. Go on. I was going to say, he was great in Hill House, and he's great in Invisible Man. Um, cast him in a more horror, please. I'd and love he's to see a that. British bloke, so get him on and the couch. Cast him. Cast he's him. He's hot. 100%. But compared <laughs> to his source material, I just wanted, before we moved on, compared to the source material... Um, the original Invisible Man is an amazing story already. Like, for mm-hmm. the time it was written, it felt like the story was advanced in a way. How the ideas within the book and the movie, it was just extraterrestrial, not extraterrestrial, um, more sci-fi, like science fiction. Yeah. And then you've obviously got the new retelling of it and making the science fiction element more modern it is just a perfect marrying of old and new in a way yeah i enjoy this movie and definitely recommend it if you have not watched it mm-hmm. oh oh god <laughs> now Uh-oh. this one has had two reboots the mummy and should i should i say it i'll say it i'll say it i love a bit of drama um (laughs) we're only going to be talking about the brendan fraser mummy movies because the 1999 one yeah meg and i uh, have strong feelings towards tom cruise and you can say it. We don't like him. I don't like him. No. I don't like Tom Cruise and I don't want to watch anything that he's in. No. I think I haven't... I think I may have seen the first Mission Impossible movie and that's it. Because I don't enjoy Tom Cruise on my screen. I don't want to look at his face. For me, he radiates short man syndrome. I'm not going to explain. I'm not going to, you know, expand on that reasoning. If you know, you know. Let me just say one thing about Tom Cruise before we go. And if you, V, or anybody that's listening has never looked up a picture of him, one of his teeth is in the middle of his face. And for that reason, I can't fuck with him. Hold on. Google Tom Cruise, t- Tom Cruise teeth. I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to do, it, do right it right now. now. We're going on a little tangent right now. Um, we will get back on track, but... Okay, the second picture, him in a blue shirt. You can see his tooth is not in the middle. It bothers me so bad. I don't know what it is, but his teeth don't... I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but do you see what I'm saying? Do you see how his teeth are not in the middle? Ugh! That is disgusting. <laughs> Why does his teeth do that? I don't know, but that's oh just my enough God. reason for me not to like him. Oh my or God, that's anything that he's in. Oh, I can't. That is so weird. You can't unsee it now. Every time you see him, you're gonna be like, God, your teeth are fucked up. How? Anyway, he has all this um, money. Why doesn't he fix it? 
If it was just, me, I would be like, no, just move that over. Fuck it. Oh my god. Now that we've completely gotten off course, let's talk about the 1999 um, Mummy reboot. I loved this movie as a kid. I would watch it over and over again. Egyptian lore is just so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Rewatching as an adult, you get to enjoy it even more. I absolutely love The Mummy. I do too. I love um, mummies in general. Like, I've always had a fascination with ancient Egypt. Um, yes. I always, this is really weird. Um, I really loved ancient Egypt. I really loved the Aztec. So I really like that kind of, the way they did their art, I think fascinates me the most. And the way they worship their gods and what their gods look like, even though I'm I'm agnostic. Like, if you believe, that's absolutely fine. For me, I've got no proof that there is a higher power. So it's just not for me. But the gods and deities they have oh my god it's so fascinating so and you get a lot of that in this movie too like i feel like it's a very i mean i'm probably pulling this out of my ass but it's a really nice depiction to me i get that whole vibe i just think that it was so well done and brendan fraser is so incredible in this movie god i love him so much honestly that man deserves the world i obviously when we were younger we were introduced to him as george of the jungle like not me the first time i saw him was the mummy and then have you seen his movie monkey bone no i haven't holy shit v i don't know you're saying (gasps) words to me and it doesn't make sense (laughs) i have never taken illegal drugs but i feel like monkey bone is like if you took shrooms you should just google image that movie it's crazy won't go too far into that but yes i thought that he was incredible in the mummy and there is one scene in particular from this movie that i wanted to talk about that still resonates with me to this day and that is the beetle scene where they're crawling under that guy's skin oh Oh, my god honestly this movie came out in 1999 and the visuals oh my god you kind of think like what happened in the 2000s to make the visuals look so shitty because (laughs) the visuals in this movie even though sometimes a little bit dodgy were amazing i enjoyed them yeah the show so i give this one an absolute bop um i loved it as a kid and i love it till Mm -hmm. this day yeah Nothing. i oh but can we please talk about the mummy returns please before we move on the mummy returns can we please talk about dwayne the rock johnson please being <laughs> the scorpion king i i i think it's fascinating how his um whole career has evolved from him being a wrestler to now like one of hollywood's highest paid actors but yes him as the scorpion king wow i didn't watch the mummy returns as much as i watched the original mummy so i'm kind of like spotty on that one but i do vividly remember him yeah in that movie and obviously he got a spin-off his own like spin-off movie called the scorpion king and then we had um 
people were very iffy about the mummy tomb of the emperor uh dragon emperor i really enjoyed it and i'm gonna say why so when i was younger my parents myself and my brother went to an exhibit in one of the british museums right and it was the most amazing experience of my life i got to see in person the some of the terracotta army um oh cool and it really invoked something in me because if people don't know um what the terracotta army is it's basically this emperor in in ancient china he when he died he did not want to be buried by himself so what he did is that he got his army basically mummified in terracotta and hmm. the reason why he did that was so he was protected in the afterlife so you know with mummies they were buried with like treasures and like they had their cats mummified sometimes to go into the afterlife with them that's basically what this ancient Chinese emperor did was so he had everything he could ever need in the afterlife and getting to see that in person was amazing and then this film showing you that the terracotta army and the emperor resurrecting them that's the word I was looking for resurrecting them (laughs) I really enjoyed it it resonated with you. Yeah, it really did because obviously if I didn't... I don't think if I had that experience seeing the Terracotta Army in person when I was younger, I don't think I would resonate with the film as much. But because I had yeah. that experience, that's why I think overall the Mummy trilogy with Brendan Fraser is an absolute bop. And No, that's awesome, dude. Give Brendan Fraser more roles. I know he was blacklisted for a while because he spoke out about... You know he's coming back. He's coming back. I I don't I still don't agree with them blacklisting him because he out he oh, no. spoke up about something that happened to him. But he's coming back. I saw I saw a clip of him in an interview. Um, I think on a panel, and he didn't yep. realize how many people actually loved him. And I cried because yep. I was like, yes. my God, you were my childhood. You were introduced me in Georgia Jungle, and then you le- led one of my favorite trilogies growing up. Please give that man everything he deserves. I love you, Mr. Fraser. Call me, please. Call me. <laughs> I like that. Again, we've um, we've agreed on these. So, can we spin again? We are spinning again. I think I took way too long on that because <laughs> I. That's okay. Hot. Oh fucking hell! We have just added too many bots on this fucking list. Screen. What's this one? <laughs> okay. We Screen are obviously 2022, baby. Spoiler, spoiler, spoilers. If you haven't seen the new screen, that's your own fault. Even the actors have started to speak about it now, so you only got yourself to blame. Bop. Yes. Apart from one thing, and I think that we're gonna agree on this too. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> If you're going to say the one thing was Sam's side story. We're going to say it because it's been out for a while now. I do not like that they made Sam related to Billy Loomis and seeing Billy Loomis's 
Ghost? Ghost? Was it ghost? Question mark? I don't know. Her psych... Like, psychosis. Like, her... I, I don't know. I just felt like Sam was the flop in this movie. And I feel so bad saying that. Because I don't like shitting on anybody. But I just didn't get much from her. Like, I don't know if it was the actress, the writing, the directing. She just felt so one-dimensional to me. I... And I did not like the twist that they gave her character. Like, it just felt disjointed and out of nowhere. And they could have completely taken that factor out of the movie. And I would have been fine with it. Like, fine with it. I think they may have made the Sam character focus too much on her being Billy Loomis's daughter because every mm-hmm. other character had good lines, were written quite well, and she was the only one that was iffy to me. And I think it's because they Same. tried to focus too much on her being related to Billy Loomis. And yeah, it was great to see him all grown up and looking handsome and sexy. (laughs) But that kind of distracted from her becoming the new final girl taking over from Sydney to hold the torch of the Scream franchise. Yeah, I... Tara is definitely the more captivating sister to me, and I'm hoping that the Sam character grows on me with the next movie, but... Yeah, I'm glad that we agree on that. I always hold my breath when I hear that they are rebooting something that I enjoy. And I don't know why I was so worried, because I feel like the Scream franchise never misses for me. And I think that this was a perfect way to honor Wes Craven. It had the same whodunit vibe as the predecessors. And you know what? I really didn't see Amber coming as a killer, though. That one did kind of throw me. Yeah, it kind of. I felt like it was completely out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, I figured it would be Sam's boyfriend. Like, yeah, that was like a no-brainer to me. But I couldn't figure out who the second killer was. (laughs) I totally felt like, yeah, her boyfriend. I think his name is Richie. Um, I totally saw that coming, Mm -hmm. but I didn't see Amber, and she had one of the greatest kills in the movie. She kills the legacy character. Oh God. I full-on wept. Me and Alice, who I went to see it with, I just turned to her and she's just going... <laughs> and I'm like, don't you start. Don't you start crying because I'm not crying. And we were just sat there sobbing. <laughs> I think she says something like, it's an honour. Like when she was killing him. And yeah. I don't know, I just thought that was so savage. She played crazy in the final act so well. Mm-hmm. Um, But I think that the favorite death scene was Sheriff Judy and Wes. Because that whole thing had me on edge the entire time. When she was racing back there, I totally didn't see him about to pop out to kill her. And then his whole scene, Wes's scene, it was that whole like five minutes of the movie. I was on the edge of my seat. It was so crazy and definitely... Probably one of my favorite scenes in all of the Scream movies. Um, I will say my favorite character, however, was Mindy Meeks Martin. Um, I 100% with my whole heart feel like they modeled this character after me. There's nobody can tell me that she isn't modeled after me. We are the same person to a T. Love her so much, and I am very eager to see what else this cast of characters is going to bring us. 
You only like her because you have a big old crush on her. That's it. No, I'm joking. No, that's, a, that, that's, that's 100%. I mean, that might be part of it. But, like, I totally feel... I, I, I feel like me and her have a have a connection. Yeah. That Mindy character. Um, and if you know me, you totally understand it's because she's a queer girl and is super into horror movies and i just i feel like me and her would totally be friends if not make out um but you know (laughs) yeah i will say i do i do love her relationship with her twin brother and when you know he's making out with his girlfriend and and she's like didn't go upstairs and he's like "Mm." like even though he's you know acting like the cool guy and all that stuff he knows the rules of horror films don't have sex, guys. You've got to be pure. Otherwise, the killer will get you. <laughs> yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed this, and I am going to probably buy it and rewatch it uh, soon because I I really enjoyed it, and I'm excited to know that they are going to keep making screams because um, they're my favorites. But yes, <laughs> a thousand percent hot. Love this. It's a bop scream till the day i die love it <laughs> i've just spun this might be oh one God. we disagree on i don't know okay okay uh, <laughs> um house of wax okay <laughs> 2005 house of wax you told me that you wanted to include this um That's and hard. i was skeptical going into it because i really hard. enjoyed the original but you want to know what v i enjoyed it surprisingly i fucking loved it mate it's such a bop i i love it through and through even when they were advertising it when the movie was coming out how they advertised it was so amazing it was like see paris die it was just genius marking because they knew that paris hilton was a very demise person like you love her you Mm -hmm. hate her and the fact they're like you know what we're gonna play on this and paris loved it she loved the fact they were like see paris die she was like that's her yeah i actually (laughs) really enjoyed paris in this movie and Paige made it way further than i thought she would and i appreciate the writers for that because she did try and defend herself she did kind of run away and she gave up way more of a fight than her boyfriend did I liked her in this movie. I like this movie in general, but it's definitely a product of the 2000s. But that's okay. Oh, that's yeah. That's all right. Oh, yeah. But I I, oh, I enjoy it so much. It's such a bop in my eyes. And oh, the scene that I think sticks out for everyone the most is oh, when one of the friends is encased in wax and the friends and they start pulling yeah Yeah. they start trying to pick the wax away from their friend's face and it just starts pulling away skin and they keep going Mm -hmm. and they just basically pull half of their friend's face off while he's just trying to like scream it was um jared um jared padalecki yeah wade when he's like encased in wax yeah he's just and you can just see his eyes even though he couldn't like move moving, his face. That was creepy. Oh. <sighs> now, I will say the whole good brother, bad brother bit was kind of gimmicky to me, but I could overlook it for the rest of the movie because it was pretty cool. 
But I will say that third brother gave me creepy feral vibes and I'm 100% scared of him. But other than that, I think that this is a bop and I enjoy that (laughs) the credits started and they played MCR and I looked over at Val and Val looked over at me and I was like, oh my God. (laughs) If I have to say one thing about this movie, it's that's hot. That's hot. I loved it and it's a bop. Glad we agree. Gotta love Paris. Yeah, you can definitely tell for some reason the 2000 films loved alt rock music like that's okay i'm i'm cool with that i can oh. get down okay oh god it <gasps> you want to take the lead on this one um okay so i do think the reboots are a bop however i enjoyed tim curry's pennywise a lot more I love the visuals of Tim Curry's Pennywise. Like, I I started collecting um, Living Dead dolls um, just a couple of years ago, and my newest one is Tim Curry's Pennywise, and he is he's just so cute and a little adorable. But the new ones are fantastic. They are great, but there is just something. There's just something about the way Tim Curry acts i just love that man in general like i just love him just love him oh interesting dear. oh dear um <laughs> are we gonna i have not i have not um talked about it during this podcast um but other than scream it chapter one is probably one of my favorite movies of all time i swear to god i've seen it at least 10 times I agree that it is a bop, but I really fuck with Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise. I, I he's know, amazing I'm actor. probably gonna get. I will give you I'm that. All of the Skarsgårds are great. Yeah, and it, I, I don't know. I I loved his take of Pennywise, but just the idea of Pennywise is some creature that takes shape of what you fear most is so creepy to me and I feel like you really really get that with these this reboot and I really enjoy that they broke it into two films to me it made it a lot more enjoyable because you weren't dealing with like what we've discussed previously is timeline whiplash Mm -hmm. and I felt like you got way more connected to the characters because you spent so much time getting to know them and you got to see their evolution. And I, 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 ha, I just love it, chapter one, so, so much. I feel like the cast meshed so well together. Mm-hmm. They cast it perfectly, I think. And especially when it came to the older Losers Club, like, yes. they cast those so well, especially Bill Hader. I love Bill Hader. Even though this isn't a part of like the movie, that scene, the video, no, not videos, photos of Bill Hader speaking to Bill Skarsgård on the set. And he's just like got this this terrified look on his face and just running away. Bill Hader in general is just an amazing guy. And I love him. But James McAvoy... Oh my god, that man is so delicious. I love it so much. Oh, another another British icon, babes. Another British icon. Even though he's Scottish, he's just an icon. <laughs> no, yeah. 
I thought that he was really great, but Bill Hader and Finn Wolford just stole the show for me. Mm-hmm. They both did such phenomenal jobs as Richie. Now, I love, love, love chapter one, but I do feel like there was a bit of a disconnect when it comes to chapter two. Mm-hmm. It was not as strong as chapter one. In my eyes, I just feel like it almost had a different vibe to it. I don't know if it was the cast, because I enjoyed watching the cast of chapter one so much. But I think that that the successes of chapter one far outweighs the small, what I feel, failures of chapter two. For me, this reboot is an absolute bop. I, I mean, love it so much. There was so much. Yeah, there was a two year gap between it and it chapter two. And obviously yeah. in that time the younger actors had grown up and had bo- evolved yeah. their acting skills. And I didn't they have to CGI one of the younger actors because he grew up way too much in that time. I think it was Finn Wolford. Yeah. Also, what an icon he is. Yeah. He has <laughs> obviously been in so much more now since it and has done amazing work and again these younger actors coming up these days are just showing up some of the older actors killing it yeah but i think that's where it was because they weren't the same young actors they were when they made the first one so i feel like Maybe they had changed their younger characters at that point. And yeah. it just... I totally agree with you. Like There was a disconnect between the first one and the second one. That's why I think maybe the original... Because even though it was like a um, TV movie, it, you had the continuation of the story all in one. It was shown to you all in one go. Whereas It and It Chapter 2, there was a two-year gap waiting I I guess this is where we'll have to agree to disagree because I definitely like the 2017 far more than the the original. Um, Mm -hmm. I do love Tim Curry and visually I thought that he was scarier, but I just thought that Bill Skarsgård for me um, just did so well in that role. So yeah, I think it's a bop. Yeah, Yeah, he definitely made it his own and he has a great way of doing that. He's also in... (laughs) third time bringing up castle rock and um i don't know if you've ever heard of it but he is in um not being human what is that show hemlock grove hemlock grove yeah fuck the one you told me to watch and i still haven't watched it because (sighs) i like disappointing people (laughs) (laughs) but other than that, I think that it um, is a bop in my eyes. Um, I enjoyed it, and it's one of my faves. Yeah, I do agree. It's a bop, but just personally, I just like Tim Curry's Pennywise a little bit more. But, you know, first That's time right. to disagree on everything. <laughs> now, Child's Play. Ooh. So, this is where it gets a little bit <laughs> difficult, because I've seen the Chucky TV series. Meg hasn't. Meg has seen the reboot movie where... Um, 2019. 2019. So I can't speak on that and she can't speak on the TV series. So we're going to take it in turns. You go for the movie, I'll go for the TV show. I am not the biggest Child's Play fan. Like, I've seen them. 
they're all right. I just... Chucky was not the horror icon that I was obsessed with that I know that a lot of people are. I know V really enjoys Chucky. That's fine. I just think that they're that he's all right. Um, so I was interested to watch this movie, number one, because I love Mark Hamill, and number two, because I want to kiss Aubrey Plaza. So I was very excited to watch this reboot. And this movie just shows me why I don't fuck with smart home technology. Um... I don't want to say too much because I think that V probably will watch this film at some point. Um, but they kind of like tie everything in. There's self-driving cars that Chucky uses to kill somebody. Um, but I think that it's very interesting that they take this modern approach to make him more of an AI um, to start his villain origin story. Like Chucky first, I think, wields the knife during their viewing of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, he has a friend, the main character, I forget his name, his mom gets him a Chucky doll because he's lonely, and, um, Chucky is watching Texas Chainsaw with him and his friends, and they're laughing at, like, how campy it is, and, like, how silly, and, like, they're wa- Chucky's watching them laugh as Leatherface is killing someone, so Chucky goes into the kitchen, picks up a knife, and tries to start stabbing one of his friends, and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. And it just kind of unfolds. Um, From there, you almost feel sorry for Chucky in a way, because Chucky's kind of not understanding why he isn't his best friend anymore. So it was interesting. I don't necessarily like the reimagining that they did for the Buddy doll, um, it's less gritty, um, and honestly, he just looks like he got a facelift, and it's kind of freaky, but I don't want to say too much in case you do want to watch it. It's worth a watch, um, it's a bop, question mark, um, I feel like it could have been a little bit better than it was, but overall, it was, it was all right, um, I definitely think you should at least watch it, especially if you're a fan of Chucky, but no, I haven't seen the show. Was it Mm. good? Um questionable so So we're kind of on the same track with that it was kind of like uh kind of yeah so the chucky tv series was released in 2021 i think i watched it at the end of last year because i was i was in between of watching things and i was just like you know what i'm just gonna watch it and it doesn't necessarily reboot it continues on from um bride of chucky curse of chucky and cult of chucky um which Mm -hmm. unfortunately this is what i was saying to you earlier um curse and cult were straight to dvd movies but i love them they are amazing like the way they visualize chucky and they pretend to give him a facelift, but it really is the same Chucky from Bride of Chucky. Um, and then they continue on it with it in the TV series. So they obviously bring back um, Brad Durfiff, um, who originally voices Chucky, I believe. Um, and they obviously bring back Miss Jennifer Tilly. <laughs> Val's like in love with her (laughs) I am so in love with Jennifer Tilly and you know Jennifer Tilly can just play herself in everything I do not care like she may not be the most amazing actress but I just love her she is the bimbo I want to be anyway 
so the kid actors in this show i cringed watching them i'm sorry to say i did not enjoy their acting you could tell they hadn't really be seasoned um not even seasoned but like the way they were saying their lines it felt like they didn't believe what they were saying and they were trying to yeah mm, you know push it um it is i did enjoy it in some parts um i think i enjoyed it because they had jennifer tilly come back and they did a continuation of cult and curse which i really enjoyed those uh movies but this show mm, i would say it's a meh if you want to watch it watch it if you don't it's 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 gonna be no you're not missing much no you're not missing much maybe just watch the scenes with chucky because honestly chucky is the best part which is weird (laughs) because it's the chucky tv show but um they bring back andy as well which i really loved i loved it um that part amazing but it's just mess. So it oh. seems. So it seems like Chucky reboots are a. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's neither a bop nor a flop because there were things that were good, but yeah. it's very in the middle. <sighs> You'll either enjoy it or not enjoy it. It's up to you if you want to watch it. If you like Chucky, I would say, don't go into it too much. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, don't go in expecting a lot. Well, that's interesting that yeah. both of those um, were... Yeah. The next one that we're going to talk about, Nightmare on Elm Street. Bum, 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 bum. Mm. This is, I think, one of the worst flops on our reboot roulette wheel i just why god why why did we do this why did we do this okay i will say the one thing that i did enjoy about this reboot was the micro sleeping yeah that was interesting that That was was a a cool concept apart from that it was too serious yes freddy krueger exactly what i was saying yeah yeah freddy krueger it's just a silly goofy mood kind of guy you know like (sighs) I totally understand. I feel like they were trying to make him way more sadistic, but I feel like the appeal of Freddy Krueger and why everybody liked him was because he he, he was just funny. Like, not funny because he was murdering people, but like, you know, like you said, he was kind of silly, goofy. And one thing that I really, really did not like, can we just stop with the CGI when we can get the job done with practical effects? I understand that they CGI'd him to look more closely to a burn victim, but the original Freddy was not bad. And now in special effects, there are so many different techniques that you could have done. I... I just thought that Freddy as a whole, like you said, way too serious. And I just could not get over the fucking CGI. You've got to give it props to the actor who took over the mantle of Freddy Krueger. Um, I know he Jackie got shit Jackie Haley. Um, it, it was really big shoes to fill from Robert Englund. Because that 
Robert yeah. England is Freddy Krueger, and you know I understand the the way he tried to portray the character. However, I I enjoyed the Elm Street films because they were very ambiguous about Freddy Krueger's crimes. Whereas mm-hmm. in the reboot, they outright say he is a p-word. I'm not going to full on say the word because you know I don't want to. But I liked how ambiguous they made it in the actual, like, original films, whereas in the reboot, it just, it was too out there. Please just let me guess. Let me make my own interpretations, you know? I understand that Wes Craven originally wanted Freddy Krueger to be a child, but (laughs) canned the idea before the production of the 84 film. So why did the 2010 reboot decide to run with this idea? I don't know. It's already bad enough that he killed little kids. Did we have to go there? Like, did we really need that? We all all understood. We all understood what Freddy Krueger was. It was implied. Yeah. It didn't need to be outright told to us. There's some things that should be left ambiguous for our imaginations. Because... You know, we understood why the parents killed Freddy. He wasn't innocent. Like, he kidnapped kids. Yeah, we can all understand why he kidnapped kids. We don't need to be told outright what it was. Like, I'm sorry. The new ones were an absolute... The new one was an absolute flop. Just give me another Freddy versus Jason. Please. (laughs) They were supposed to make another Freddy versus Jason, and I want it. I want it now. (laughs) Please. I I couldn't agree with you more. Okay, the next one we've got is the Amityville Horror. <laughs> mm, they weren't great movies, but Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds! I am getting hot just thinking about this one. Ryan Reynolds is so sexy, it's scary in this movie, but he's also kind of like so scary that it's kind of sexy. Like thinking about that wood chopping scene really just mm-hmm, does it for me. I enjoyed watching his depiction of him spiraling into madness. I mm. thought that that was really well done. Um, I don't know. I, I liked this movie. I really like haunted house movies. Mm-hmm. This gives you everything that you need for a good one. Um, it freaked me out as a kid. I would only say it's a bot because Ryan Reynolds. If we're comparing <laughs> it to the original, I would say the reboot is a flop. I much prefer the original um, just because I think the acting in the original was a little bit better. Um, And I even think Ryan Reynolds even came out and said that he was not proud of Amityville Horror. So that's why I'm kind of like iffy on it because if the main actor doesn't even enjoy it, like, you know, he doesn't (laughs) even enjoy Green Lantern. So why am I going to enjoy that? If he doesn't enjoy it, babes, I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust Ryan Reynolds in what he says, <laughs> you know? Yeah, the scene that I go to when I think about this is the babysitter scene. Mm-hmm. I rewatched it, and I was absolutely losing my mind because <laughs> just before she has this scary scene, she is in the bathroom smoking from a bong, that she brought to her babysitting gig. 
I I was scared of the little girl with the gunshot wound and I would be scared of being trapped in a closet while sober. Imagining her trauma being high as hell going through that, terrifying. I guess we can <laughs> I guess we can agree to disagree on this one. I yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought it was a bop, but you know. Yeah. I mean, it is what we've, it is, we've had too many hits in this episode. We've got to disagree <laughs> on some, clearly. <laughs> on something. Mm-hmm. On some things. So this is another one that has technically had two reboots. It's Ghostbusters. I mean, would we say the new one dun, is a dun, reboot dun, or dun, is it a continuation from the original? Is it a requel? Yeah, because I, I haven't seen um, Afterlife, but I do know that it is related back to the original films whereas it is the all-female ghostbusters oh sorry i've just got that vibe stuck in my head <laughs> I'm an adult virgin. Virgin. <laughs> <laughs> um i know that that was kind of like just trying to retell the story with women in a way and sexy chris hemsworth um that's all that's all that's stuck in my head from that film is because my mum just keeps going mm, Chris Hemsworth mm, I, that's the only reason I'd watch those films is because Chris Hemsworth shout out to you mum you you know how to pick them she loves um Hugh Jackman and she loves Chris Hemsworth she know she likes the Australians oh my god that's where I get it from <laughs> I am very passionate about the 2016 Ghostbusters movie I watched Ghostbusters with my parents when I was a kid, the original, and I enjoyed the franchise, and I know that this reboot, the 2016 all-female Ghostbusters, wasn't very unpopular, but I enjoyed it, and for the people that didn't like this movie, they always say the same bullshit. It's too girl-powery. It's too child-geared. It's too this. You didn't even see the original Ghostbusters. Well, guess what? That movie wasn't made for you. It was made for girls like me that like spooky stuff, that don't get to see themselves on screen, that don't have a female paranormal person to look up to. It Reboots don't always have to be targeted to the original audience. And right. this film proves that. They gave you strong female characters that little girls can root for. And I don't understand why these incel men have such a fucking problem with it i absolutely love this reboot i told you i was gonna go off on a tangent on this one because i'm just so sick and tired that i knew you were gonna go (laughs) off just fuck i'm just so sick and tired of people sitting behind their computer screens shitting on this because you want to know what i took my wife's little cousins to see it they were probably in elementary school or maybe middle school and they loved it like they enjoyed it and they were able to see strong women have some goofy fun role and it introduced them to Ghostbusters and maybe they were interested in seeing the original. I don't know, but I just am so tired of people saying, oh, I don't like it. Yeah, it's because it wasn't geared toward you. Like it wasn't geared toward 40 or 50 year old men. Like it was for a whole different audience and I just don't understand why people can't wrap their minds around that. It was for the girls, the gays, and the days. 
Absolutely. It, it gave you, like, a totally queer character, which is Jillian Holtzman. God, I fucking love Kate McKinnon, especially in this movie. I loved her character. I just thought that she was so awesome. I, I just, I love this one. It's, it's definitely a bop for me. I, I enjoy it, but comparing to the originals, for me, the originals have a special place in my heart, and I think... Me too. I think that was the first time I was introduced to Sigourney Weaver. I think I hadn't watched Alien at this point, and Sigourney Weaver as the sexy lady who then turned demonic. Ooh! I think... I definitely think Scorny Weaver was my gay awakening. There you go, Mum. Now you know. Well, you knew before, but you didn't know that Scorny Weaver was my gay awakening. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, the reboots were good. They were good. Obviously, I haven't seen the newest Afterlife, but, uh, but if I'm doing it logically compared to the originals, I would say it's a flop. But by itself, a bop. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think that it was just rebranding the Ghostbusters into a child-friendly, girl-friendly light. Um, I could see why you say if you were tying it back to that, then it would be a flop. But per the previous Ghostbusters entry, I don't feel like Afterlife was geared toward the original audience. It was definitely, I feel like, more geared toward kids to introduce children of this day and age to the Ghostbusters franchise. But I don't think that it caught as much flack as the teen reboot because it was tied to the original Ghostbusters. Yeah. Should they have maybe taken the 2016 one and just completely renamed it and made it its own standalone movie? I think Maybe. Sure. Whatever. But I don't know. I thought that Afterlife was okay. I liked it. I love the cinematography, like the colors is what really stood out for me in this movie and Muncher the Ghost. <laughs> um, I don't know if you've seen pictures of him, but he's so cute. I love him. Um, do you I want me to say seen, more about him? I have seen he's the so little tonky. puff marshmallow ones. The, the mini ones? Yeah, puff, they're cute. Yeah. I, I loved State Puff Marshmallow Man in the original. I have a vinyl of the original soundtrack and it is, smells like mushroom, mu- mushrooms. Mushrooms? Oh my no. god marshmallows and it is amazing and seeing the clip of like the little tiny ones just walking around looking really cute it's just like it reminds me if you've seen doctor who um with david tennant's doctor who and Catherine tate's donna with the fats it reminds me of that um meg has no clue what i'm on about but if people have watched no idea you'll understand what i mean when i say that because they're just so cute and you just want to squish them. But, yeah. And, obviously, Afterlife has got Paul Rudd. And he's another actor that is just love of my Ugh. life. I love Paul Rudd. So much. Really? Yeah, I love him. I, he's just, I just think he's, he's an, an average white man. Guy. Yeah. I mean, most of them are. But, <laughs> at least I'm consistent. <laughs> at least I'm consistent. I think he's, he's okay looking. I just... He's not my cup of tea. Um... But I think Afterlife was probably, if I had to say, it would be a bop. But I don't know. I like the 2016 reimagining better, but that's just me. Um, Yeah. Okay, so the next one is difficult because I don't think either of us have actually watched it. But there is a reason why. Um, So this one is Hellboy. I've watched it. I have not. And there is a reason why. All right, well... 
let's get into it. We're talking about the um, 2019 Hellboy. I love Hellboy. I love David Harbour. I wanted to love this reboot because Hellboy was something that me and my brother were really into. Um, shocker. <laughs> but I think the Del Toro's Hellboys honestly deserve their own exhibit in MoMA. They are so beautiful and just so well crafted and well acted and just oh I love them so much we should definitely do a Hellboy episode yeah um with that being said if you're gonna remake a movie I think that it has to stack up to the original film and this the I know that you haven't seen it but this just hit and missed in every single aspect I felt like the creature design for Hellboy was a flop. The storyline was a miss. It felt convoluted. It just, I don't know. And David Harbour, as much as I absolutely adore him, he is so sexy and such a good actor in Stranger Things. He just could not fill Ron Perlman's big ass shoes as Mm -hmm. Hellboy. I left the theater being like, damn, I spent my money to see this. Like, it really did let me down. Shit. Yeah, so I, if you planned on watching it, just, like, put it on and put it on as something to fall asleep to because it's really not that great. I, it's going to sound really bad because we've got it on the list of, like, you know, reboots, but I have no intention of watching it. Just because the original the original Hellboy movies, my brother and I really loved them, like... I think that was one of the things me and my brother bonded over. Um, it's why, you know, I like video games. Me and my brother, because I'm two years younger than him, you know, it must be very annoying for a, an older brother to have a younger sister. Like, you know, I can be very <laughs> annoying, right? But if no, I if it wasn't for him, <laughs> I wouldn't like the things I do. Um, and um my brother, I would hear my brother listening to a day to remember and breaking Benjamin from his room, which is now my room, because suck it, he's no doubt, uh, but he's having a kid, so, <laughs> and in a healthy relationship, so who's the real sucker here? This guy. Um, <laughs> but the original Hellboys and Guillermo del Toro, I have such a love for that man. Um, Pan's Labyrinth mm-hmm. is amazing, and Doug Jones, his common collaborator, <sighs> doing the yes. creatures. Um, oh my god, you you don't understand how many things Doug Jones has been. Um, Doug Jones was oh I know the Pale Man. He was Abe. He was the um, Amphibian Man in Shape of Water. He is just. I think he was my favorite Hellboy character. I think he was the Angel of Death. Yeah, um, he was also. If people didn't know. He was in Hocus Pocus as Billy. Doug Jones, yeah. I bow to you, sir. I just, he's amazing. He is just one of those yeah. ca- um, actors that is done so many iconic roles. And there are so many great actors in the originals that there's, why, it's just one of those ones that you don't need to remake. The originals stand up by themselves. The practical effects, because Guillermo del Toro tries and does as many practical effects as possible it's just it baffles me why would you try and remake something that was perfect in the first place there is no point 
Yeah, no, I I totally agree. Now, I will say, I know that you haven't seen the reboot of Hellboy. I will say the one really cool thing about this reboot is the Baba Yaga character. You should definitely Google what she looks like if you have not seen the reboot. Um, spelling? I am rather <laughs> imagining. Huh? Spelling? B-A-B-A space Y-A-G-A. I think she's like a Russian folklore. I just really enjoyed the their imagining of her and that whole scene where Hellboy was at her house was pretty cool um but that couldn't save this entire movie if I know that there's a clip of that scene on YouTube if you're not gonna watch a movie which I really don't suggest that you do at least watch that scene but it'll also show you number one what I was talking about about Hellboy's concept art it was a miss David Harbour just felt off Mm. in this movie it's a flop. Yeah. Right. We have got one final one to discuss. And I know you're probably thinking, oh my God, this has already been such a long episode. Trust me. You'll I'm want sorry. this one. You'll want this one. 13 Ghost Baby. Even though we talked about it on the first episode, it's definitely a strong reboot contender. And I will say, though, V, I have not seen the original. So it's, like, hard for me to compare the two. (laughs) Um, So it's, like, hard for me to compare the two, but I liked it. I like 13 Ghosts. Yeah. I mean, 13 Ghosts, I think the original was so long ago. I don't actually think you can. There is anywhere to watch the original. So, um, unfortunately, we are only basing off... (laughs) This opinion on the 2001 film, and of course, it's a bop. I think it's an absolute bop. And obviously, I gave the facts in the first episode about the what reason why they have to use those glasses in the film to see the ghosts, and I think that is absolutely a perfect homage to the original film. So I think it's a bop. Uh, is it questionable sometimes? Probably, but. If you don't enjoy camp, then what are you doing with your life, huh? I loved this movie, and I'm still sad that I just got in on it. I loved the use of practical effects in this movie. If you don't already know, I'm obsessed with special effects. I loved seeing all of the imaginings for the ghosts. I definitely, though, think that this is a product of the 2000s. Again. (laughs) But... It is such a cult classic. I know that so many people like it, and I enjoyed it as an adult, and I'm sure that the people that watched it as a kid, like I know that V did, have such a love for it because it is such a cool concept, and they execute it, I feel, very well. And obviously, me and V stan Matthew Lillard. He is amazing, and I I enjoy this movie. Yeah. It, for me, it even though I can't compare it to the original... I think it's a bop. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you on that one. And yeah, that's the end of our first game. It was a very that long is episode. That is it for Reboot Roulette. Yeah. Yeah, it's a long episode. Sorry 
sorry about it, but thanks for sticking with us. And if we missed a popular reboot that you particularly love, shoot us a tweet at Horror Hunts Pod or send us a message on Horror Hunts Podcast on our Instagram. Um, maybe we'll talk about it in a later episode. Um, I mean, but yeah, that's it for our first game. I yeah. I had fun. There are there are so many reboots out there, and obviously this is a very, I would say. <laughs> not long list it's short for how many reboots that are out there so i mm-hmm. mean we can always revisit this at a later date and do another reboot roulette if you would like um but yeah i mean it's been fun i really enjoyed this i really enjoyed it too i love the idea of having games on our show because i think that especially as we grow our audience um you guys will be able to get in on it so i think that this is awesome and i'm sure that we'll bring out our roulette wheel again at some point um hopefully soon but yeah this has been the end of our reboot episode i thoroughly enjoyed it and i actually liked more reboots than i thought that i would so you know beginning of this episode i was like i don't know how i feel about reboots but for the most part i enjoyed them but Mm -hmm. yeah i do love original ideas but it is nice to see see your favorite characters on the screen again but yeah this has been fun v yeah i mean i look forward to talking to you next week should we tell our listeners what we're gonna be talking about so they have a chance to watch them i think because they are newer movies yes Definitely. So next week we are going to be talking about two brand new movies that will be um, out. Well, one will be out in America now and the other will... Oh, no, both will be out now. (laughs) (laughs) By the time this episode's released, when we're recording it now, it's not out yet. But by the time it's released, it'll be out. So we're going to be talking about Fresh and X. Fresh, you can find in the UK on Disney Plus, and X will be out in cinemas, I think in limited cinemas. So just have a look on Cineworld, Odeon, or View and see when you can watch it. Um, X is also going to be out for American listeners. It'll be out in the cinemas, I think, on March 18th. I'm going to see it opening night with Val and one of our friends, Trevor. And um, Fresh is already out on Hulu, so... If you want to join our March Madness episode of two super cool movies that came out in the month of March, please um, give them a watch. Like I said, Hulu for Fresh and Out in Cinemas, um, the 18th for X. I'm very excited to be getting into those. I am too. I am too. Definitely. I've... I've already seen Fresh, and um, I'm not going to tell you what I think about it, but I'm so excited for V to watch. Um, and I'm excited to watch X, because Jenna Ortega, they say that she is our new screen queen for mm-hmm. this generation, so I'm ready to get into it. Yeah, definitely. I am very excited. Well, I've been your host, V. And I have been your co-host or other host. I don't know what, how to say that. Meg. <laughs> <laughs> we basically have one brain cell between us. So we make one whole host. <laughs> one whole host. V, any last words for us? Um, yeah, I do. Are you team wheels or team doors? Team what? <gasps>